for hanging out with us. It is time for uh, Lori and Julia Book Club uh, pick. We're really delighted. This is the first time we've had an author in studio. Jess Lori is with us. Hi, Jess. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome. And we have read some of your other books, Unspeakable Things, Bloodline, and your latest book, Latani. Am litany. I saying Litany? I, I, yeah, I pronounce it litany. litany. It's a made up word, though, so either one's fine. Okay, Litany. <laughs> litany with an I, L I T A N I. And Jess, you're such a good mystery writer. Damn it, we like your books. Oh, thank you. I, You know, I love hearing that because they're really hard to write. <laughs> I believe it. Because yeah. when did we talk to you last? Was it Unspeakable Things? It was Bloodline. It was Bloodline. about a year ago. Yeah. And, and we, we were, were t- on the phone. Yes, Rick. Everybody had to be on the phone mm-hmm. back then. Yeah, it's exciting to be here. And the uh, Unspeakable Things, Bloodline, and Litany are all true crime inspired, and they're all Minnesota-based. So. Yeah, okay. Tell us, this. give us the setup of Latani, because it's a real page turner. Yeah, thank you. I got the idea for it in 2016. I had a bunch of high school friends over at my house, and we're talking about real crime in Minnesota. And my friend said, "You are familiar with Jordan, Minnesota, the 19 mid 1980s." And I had not ever heard of all of that. Mm. And so I started. Digging. I had forgotten about that until right. I read that in your book. I and if I knew about it, just went over my head. I was you know 13, 14 mm-hmm. in the mid 80s, and so it was internationally horribly famous child sex abuse scandal involving 25 adults and dozens of children in this tiny town of Jordan, Minnesota. And so people came from all over the world. People magazine was camped out in Jordan, the Chicago, New York times, everybody was camped out trying to, trying to catch the story. And it sort of fizzled out in 1984 with the lead prosecutor dropping the charges against all but one person. And it's just this terrifying story. And so I use that as inspiration for Litany because in reading all of these accounts, of course, the children's names are protected as Mm -hmm. they should be, but the children are also sort of erased. And it's um, about all the adults who are either wrongfully accused or weren't accused and did commit crimes. And it just had me thinking, what about the kids? Yeah. So this is a fictionalized version of that story. Do you do a lot of research then? To help you come up with what the flow of the story is going to be? I do. I do enough that I have the facts and then I slap fictional characters mm-hmm. on them. So they're sort of, because we can't know what everybody's thinking or talking about in the, in the mid 80s. And so I create fictional characters that go through a lot of the real events. Was there, um, like, I'm curious about the prosecuting the district attorney. What happened to her? What was her name? Kathleen Morris was her name. That's, and what happened? Did she become a judge? She, no, she, no, she, listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all ready to get excited. <laughs> well, it's a million dollar question. Cause nobody knows what happened to her. So she was, she was sort of disgraced after this, like internationally disgraced mm-hmm. after this, cause she walked away from it and then she wasn't disbarred, but she sort of disappeared. And I honestly, I couldn't find any, anything. Inform- she really? might've practiced in Shakopee for a few years afterward, but I couldn't find any footprint anywhere. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it really is. The book is the summer of 84. And this 14 year old Frankie Jubilee is shuttled Mm -hmm. off from her home in California and go to go live with her mom, who is a prosecuting district attorney. Yes, she's the she's uh, and she prosecuted fictionally. And Kathleen Morris also did this in real life, prosecuted a few years before this, a very famous legitimate sex abuse ring near Jordan, Minnesota. She So she had been coming off that hot case, and then she took on sort of this satanic panic uh, in my book as well as in real life. And so, 
Yeah, the poor little Frankie Jubilee moves from California to Litany. She doesn't really know her mother. She knows something weird is going on in town. They call it the game. Everybody wants her to play the game, uh, but she doesn't. Her instincts are saying no, but she also doesn't know who to hang out with. So she sort of walks into the cave. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and then also the whole storyline about you know between her mom and dad, and yeah. that's a very interesting side story to that. Yeah, yeah, I love that you read it. That's so kind oh, of you. I'm of sure you were so busy and you I made read it this summer. This. Oh, that was... I read it in like two days. I was just <laughs> like, I, but I really love a mystery. Yeah, you know, and I do. I've liked you know your other books and stuff, yeah. and I think that. Um, I also think, you know, one of the things is that you, in your stories, because um, I'm trying to think what bloodline, was that the one that was like in, um, what part of Minnesota was that? It was, was a fictional Painesville, Minnesota. Painesville, that's yeah, right. Yes. I, I, I guess I like how you center the victims of the crimes, the, part, the center part of the story. I think that is... Uh, you know, a great thing that you do as a writer that you keep that in mind. I am going to marry you because that is my, <laughs> that is, seriously, that is everything I'm trying to do with these books because I, I, I read widely. I love all sorts of mysteries, mm-hmm. but I, I really, the people who are getting hurt are the ones who are so important to me. And so to give them center stage and also empower them to either solve the crime or find some healing if it can't be solved is so important to me. And so that with my last three books, that's, I've got it posted on my wall, center the victim. And so you picked up on that. Yeah. And I absolutely love that. No, I, I, I do like that. And I do think that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's always, you know, it, when you have a protagonist, like 14 year old Frankie mm-hmm. exploring the dark secrets, the sinister thing, what part is her mom playing it? I mean, you just keep the story going and going. And you're like, I'm turning the next page. And it was like binge <laughs> reading, you know. Uh, how did you um, decide like that you were going to write? Yeah, you know, my parent, my mother was an English teacher and we had, we were very poor growing up, but we had a library full of uh, garage sale paperbacks. And so it was hundreds of books. And so I just. You read. In- I just read. I was in rural Minnesota. We lived 11 miles outside of Painesville. You know, we had that little black and white TV with the four channels. Mm-hmm. And so I just read a lot of books. And it seemed like, for me, it, it saved me. I had a rough childhood. It saved me. It transported me. And so I've just always loved stories. So you just decide, like, I mean, did you go to school? Yeah. Did you get your MFA? You know, like, walk us through that. Yeah. So I, you know, so... I didn't know anybody who was a writer. It's one of those, like, be a ballerina, be an actor. Like, how, right, <laughs> right. Go, how do you I do mean, that? Good luck with that. And so I went to college to be a teacher uh, because being an English teacher was as close as I could come to being in story. And I had a really good professor at St. Cloud State, Rex Feeder, and he encouraged me for my, um, for my master's thesis because I stayed there to get my master's to write a novel. It's terrible. It's a, it's such a bad, it's such a bad, I tried to steal it out of the St. Cloud State Library. My, it's so bad, but I had somebody believing me and he, and he just said, you yeah. know, just keep practicing. So I kept practicing. Um, and then in uh, 2001, my then husband committed suicide. Oh no. And I had, and I hadn't really written stories since then. And I was pregnant at the time. And so I was I really needed to have stress go out rather than in. Mm -hmm. And so I started writing Mayday, which was uh, my cry for help, but also a humorous mystery, right? And so it was my first book. I finished it in 2002 and I spent the next two years trying to get an agent. Um, And I didn't, I had 
dial-up internet, so I didn't really even have email. So I would print out letters on that old dot matrix printer paper, send them out to agents. I'd send out 50 a week. I'd get rejections, send out 50 more, and I finally got an agent. Is that the hardest part, do you think, in being writers, finding an agent? Is that the thing you have to be the most persistent? I think so. I mean, now you can self-publish, and there are people making a good career out of it, but it's a lot of work. I do think getting an agent is the hardest. Yeah. And it's a relationship, too. You want somebody who you can work with. Yeah, like on your first book, was your agent like, no, you got to rewrite this again. you got to rewrite this again. Yes. Is that what happens? Yeah, and I'm actually on my fourth agent now. (laughs) (laughs) My first one was wonderful, but we had a misunderstanding. Uh, My second one was this, it turns out, sold crystals in Colorado on the side, and that was her main business. Oh, my (laughs) word. (laughs) Let her focus on that. Yeah, right. She wanted her to have all the time for that. And my third one was wonderful, but she couldn't sell my stuff. And so my fourth one now, yeah, and she edits everything. She's like, nope, this isn't going to sell. This Mm -hmm. isn't working. Get this out. More of this. Wow. Um, We're talking with Jess Laurie. The book is uh, Litany. It's L-I-T-A-N-I. And uh, it's just, it's really really a great um mystery thriller story um how is it are you back out doing book clubs are you doing appearances again i actually am doing my first two in person in over a year i've got a signing at majors and quinn this friday at six. Oh, good and then launch party at once upon a crime saturday at two people should come in costume and there'll be champagne oh, oh fine nice. yes. yeah and it'll be masked up because everybody yeah. will be close yeah. but it's going to be a great time are you looking forward to that I have to stop myself from hugging other humans when I see them because I just, it's been so isolating. I really want to be with people who love to read and people who just want to hang out. Yeah. Um, are you working on another book now or are you just enjoying <laughs> litany and all of your hard work? I don't, as a Midwestern gal, we don't know how no. to just, you're, no, you're already right? started. I know. Your yeah. You just tell in your eyes, you're like, right. what? <laughs> Sit back and enjoy something? That's what insane. These words? Yeah. <laughs> I actually did just turn in my next novel, which comes out next summer. And it's about the time there were three serial killers operating in St. Cloud in the seventies. Wow. And that one, oh my God, it's is oh my this? god, I love that you're creeped up by your own oh, I book. I am so like, creeped up by that book. I am so buying these. These are so fun. <laughs> Has, have, have any of your books, have they been optioned for Blood, series? Bloodline was by um, 20th Century Fox slash Disney. Mm-hmm. And it's still, you know, they just, it's still sitting there. Like, yeah. Okay. yeah. The options sort of sit there, but... I would love to see that one because it's such a creepy 60s Stepford Wives. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. Maybe that, that period. It seems like Hollywood likes to make series based on a period of time, too. If yeah. that's, you know, they can do the costumes, get the music, right. get set the whole story. And there's something so magical about no cell phones when it comes to scary things, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can't just call someone up and that fixes the problem. Yeah, you know, that was a, a happy accident. I discovered writing things set pre-cell phones. When you're writing a mystery, people are like, well, just call for help. Totally. Text your mom. <laughs> <Yeah. right? laughs> it's, but it's 1960. You run to the payphone yeah. and hope you have a quarter or a dime, yeah. a dime in the 60s. Right. Yeah. Or like if you're a kid, your mom be back by dinner time or dark yeah. or whatever, yeah. you know, and off you went. Yeah. Or just meeting somebody even at the mall if they don't show up you can't just ask them where they're at don't like, you marvel you know? at how did we do yeah, it i, I, I have no idea. but we did it <laughs> i have i mean i've thank god barely experienced it but yeah that's All really right. cool it's, it's so awesome to meet you thank you i'm happy to be yeah here. jess thank you so much for coming in studio again um we're talking with jess Lori. the book is uh litany l-i-t-a
N-I, and you'll be at Majors and Quinn on Friday night? Friday at 6 o'clock, once upon a crime, Saturday at 2 o'clock. At 2. So yeah. if you're a fan of mysteries and thrillers, you definitely want to read anything that Jess uh, Laurie writes. And we've got a couple copies to give away. Call 651-641-1071, and Grant will set you up. Thank you, Jess. Oh my gosh, thank you. I've been, had so much fun. All right, good. Dave, <laughs> well, all right, listen, we'll be right back.